Hi there, and welcome to Zero Half Hour, brought to you by Zero Hour Health and Zedic, a podcast where we talk with leaders from across the food service industry and beyond about the pressing issues of the day in 30 minutes or less. Our goal is to share ideas from diverse perspectives on a range of topics that matter to every business in the current and post-COVID eras. I'm Rosalind Stone, CEO of Zero Hour Health. Joining me today is Mark Hinson. Mark is the Vice President of People at Bar Taco Restaurants. Mark will be telling you more about himself, but I asked him to join us today to discuss Bar Taco's incredible 92% vaccination rate and how they got there. Hey, Mark, how are you today? Good, how are you, Rosa? Excellent. So, you had the most interesting um, set of challenges of virtually any of our clients um, because LinkedIn reminds me that you joined Bar Taco in March of 2020. Um, what timing? <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about your background, what you've done before that, what you're doing now? Sure. So um, I've been in the hospitality industry basically my entire working life. Uh, started out bussing tables and washing dishes when I was 15 years old. And um, you know that's what I did all through school uh, to have you know a little bit of income. And then after graduating from college, um, other than a short, you know, year and a half in the Peace Corps, I've been in the hospitality business. So I kind of started out in operations and over time uh, got interested in sort of the training and development side of things and doing new restaurant openings and eventually became a, a human resources leader. So prior to Bar Taco, I was the vice president of human resources and training for Tavistock restaurants out of Orlando, which has more than 100 restaurants in the country and I've worked for some great companies like Legal Seafoods and the Palm Restaurant Group and the Nordstrom Restaurant Division. Um, cool. So yeah. it's something I really enjoy. And you joined Bar Taco in March of 2020. Um, what was it like to come in as um, you know, a human resource leader in the month that, that COVID hit us? Well, um, it was trial by fire for sure. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I was originally brought on board as a, as a contracted HR leader by Scott Lawton, our CEO, just to help him navigate the challenges that he was going to face because of COVID. Uh, so I started on the 19th of March and on the 21st of March, we laid off 1,400 hourly team members. Uh, so really my role initially was to, to do that in an effective way, in a respectful way, and to do whatever we could to take care of the team members that we were laying off. And, and then over time, you know, figuring things out as you go, there really is no roadmap for this, right? There's no, there's no game plan. Um, partnering with great companies like yourself, like, like you know, Zedek and working with Scott, we've worked towards building our workforce back up over the course of the last 19 months. Wow. So... Trying to learn an organization, try to navigate your way around, you know, with new people and a leadership team that you're not familiar with, you know, and then laying off 1,400 um, valued, valued employees. Boy, that, that is certainly is trial by fire. Um, I remember speaking to you very, very close to your first week. Um, you know, Scott introduced us and, and talking about, um, boy, that you really had a unique set of challenges. Um, how's Bar Taco changed over that, the last 19, 20 months? Well, we've really evolved quite a bit, um, not only from, you know, our service style and our, and, our, and our type of service that we have, 
but the type of team member that we attract as well because of that. So, uh, you know, we were looking for a safe way to take care of our guests and, and um, also create an environment that was safe for our team members, which is why we partner with you guys to make sure that we were doing wellness checks and we're making sure that the team members that came to work were, were healthy. We adopted a service methodology that we call on-demand service, where basically the guest is ordering through a QR app. Uh, and you know most restaurants have QR codes now where you can pull up a menu, but we take it a step further, actually four steps further, in that not only do you pull the menu up on your phone, you can actually order on your phone and add to your order or split checks or um, combine checks, and, and then you actually tip and pay on the app. So that's created its own challenges, you know, particularly in this, in regards to us wanting to make sure the guests still get a high level of service. You know, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the type of team member that, that's attracted to working for us now is different. And um, the guests have really embraced that. They've embraced uh, what we do and they're comfortable and it, it works for what we do, right? It wouldn't work for every restaurant. Um, concept, but it certainly works for tacos and margaritas. Oh. Now, we at Zero Hour Health and Zedic were huge bar taco fans before you were a client mm-hmm. um, and before COVID. And you had the paper ordering system. So w- this really was not just a logical leap, but a really better leap from that because, you know, we'd sit down, you know, the management team would sit down in bar taco, our mm-hmm. team, you know, and fill out our, our paper order. Um, so it really is a very, very logical progression progress versus adaptation. It, it is. And again, I said it works for our concept. You know, we still have a small percentage of our guests who, um, who'd prefer to use the paper order card and we let them do that. That's fine. We don't, we don't uh, mandate it. Um, but a 95% adoption rate of the, the on-demand service model is powerful. And, uh, you know, a lot of things come from that. The food comes out faster right. um, because it's, you know, as soon as you... It's almost like a internal um, Amazon. Have you ordered from Amazon and then like the same day you get something to, to arrive? You know, it's like, wow, that's amazing. For us, you order guacamole and chips and a margarita and it hits your table so much more quickly. So um, not only is the guest getting a, a better experience in many ways, uh, our check average is up. Uh, the total guest experience from, from dining is it's much shorter so we can turn tables more quickly. So there's a lot of byproducts that are positive for us. Really interesting that the check average is up. Why do you think yeah. that's the case? Well, um, it's easier to order that second drink or another taco. Um, you're not waiting for somebody come, to come over, a server to come over that you have to flag down. It's also fun, right? It's sort of gamified in a way. And if you have kids at the table, they're going to order churros on the app. They can't wait for it, you know? So um, <laughs> those are a couple of the major uh, reasons. And I think that... Um, uh, the guests recognize the efficiency that comes with it. So for those are the main reasons, speed, sure. um, fun, and uh, the kids dig it. I certainly will say that there have been times that I didn't order that second, or dare I say third margarita, <laughs> um, because I, you know by the time the server came around, I was like, oh, let's just get the check. Right. Absolutely. Exa- exactly. Absolutely. Now, you said something else that was really, that piqued my, piqued my curiosity. You said you intra- attract a different kind of employee. Talk to me about that. Well, uh, we no longer have servers. So, um, you know, traditional servers and full service restaurants, they have sections and sometimes they tend to be territorial about their sections and wanting, you know, the four booze near the window or the most 
um, sought after section to have, right? So we don't have that type of individual because people that want to work in full service as a server, they can find a job working in a full service restaurant. We are now attracting a, um, a younger uh, demographic of team member. We're attracting uh, people that maybe come from a different industries, right? Maybe they come from retail um, or from fast food uh, or, you know, quick casual, like um, uh, somebody maybe who worked at Lululemon or Panera or Starbucks or even fast food, right? So um, if you've got a smiling face and you're willing to learn, we can teach you our steps of service. The people that work in the front of house for us, we call them dragonflies. The dragonfly is our logo, right? And they run drinks, they run food, they pre-bus tables, they water tables, they reset and clear, and they do a little bit of everything. We don't need them to have like this in-depth wine knowledge, if you will, right? Um, we also are able to promote from within into the salary ranks so much more quickly now. And we've got more managers than we've ever had. We've got more salary team members on the floor because without servers in sections and zones, we actually have the managers working in zones. So they have like this, this large section, maybe it's 16 tables where they take care of the guests and make sure the guests have everything they need. So it's just a, it's a different service style and therefore a different type of indi- individual. Interesting. Let's talk COVID vaccination. Because that was, um, you know, as you know, really why I, I reached out to you to, to talk today, because I was blown away by your COVID vaccination rate. You have had greater success um, than most of not just restaurant and food service industry, but than most of industry in getting employees vaccinated. Tell me about what worked, what didn't work. You know, it was a process and sort of a progression that we underwent. And as we watched what was happening in the country and state by state and sort of regionally what was you know what was mandated and what wasn't and then you know the recommendations from yourself and the cdc we just kept an eye on all of that and we sort of had this things that happened in steps the first thing that we did is we established a um, a charitable organization called the Bartaco Family Fund. And it was really born out of the, the beginning of the pandemic. And it was funded by the sale of gift cards and the tips that we, we took in when we were only doing delivery and carry out. And we took the, the Bartaco Family Fund and we decided that we were going to issue grants to our hourly team members if they got excluded from work. If they got ex- excluded, right, they got the red X, because they tested positive or they were exposed or they had COVID-like symptoms, then we excluded them from work and, and um, we issued them grants out of the Bartaco Family Fund based upon their status of full-time or part-time. And we were able to give them a source of income initially for, for many, many months if they couldn't come to work. So we were able to retain and keep our team members and they appreciated that. Um, the next really big step for us was to pay team members to get, to get vaccinated. We gave them PTO to go get their shots um, up to four hours. Um, and then as vaccinations started to become more available, uh, where we could do it, we told our team members, if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer have to wear a mask, unless it was mandated by the state and there was you know, like a, um, a, high, a high rate of COVID in a particular jurisdiction. And there were a couple situations where we had to, you know, we had to, go back to, to mask if we had an outbreak of something or something of that nature. But in general, 
to not have to wear a mask in a restaurant when you're vaccinated is, was really sort of empowering and freeing for a lot of our team members because it's hot and it's uncomfortable and all the things that come with that. Um, then as vaccination rates started to increase, we, um, we eliminated issuing grants to anyone from the Bartaco Family Fund if they weren't vaccinated, right? So if you're not gonna go get vaccinated, then we're no longer gonna issue you a grant if you get excluded from work. That was sort of some subtle, gentle, gentle pressure that we applied, saying, hey, if you wanna be covered under the BFF and you get excluded from work due to um, COVID-like symptoms or testing positive, you're covered. We'll take care of you and give you a source of income through the Bartaco Family Fund. Um, and then we really started a strategy around campaigning and encouraging people, uh, particularly with our general managers and executive chefs leading the way in their restaurants, saying, hey, let's press this. Let's, let's encourage people to get vaccinated in your restaurants. Um, and we told them if they could achieve 90% vaccination rate in their restaurants, that we would reward them, the GMs and chefs. They're the ones that had to have the conversations, particularly bilingual chefs, right, in the kitchens. Um, and we got a lot of traction with that as well. Um, and then, you know, one major step that we took is that a couple months ago, we decided that we were no longer going to hire a new team member unless they were vaccinated or willing to start the vaccination process within, within a couple days of being hired. So, you know, through attrition, that helped us start to see increases as well. Um, obviously, if somebody wanted to request a religious or medical exemption, they could do so. Um, we haven't had a lot of requests. Um, so as a result, we've seen our vaccination rates climb north of 90%. Company-wide right now, we're at 91.4% as of, as of today. You, you talked about your bilingual chefs. Um, you know, that's certainly a challenge that much of the industry has seen with some... Um, um, misinformation, some, some hesitation among non-English speaking employees who have fewer sources of good information about vaccinations, more hesitation, more hesitation in, in um, you know, or more difficulty in scheduling their, you know, scheduling a shot and going in and providing the information. How'd you handle that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the trust that exists between an executive chef and their, their team um, is far more effective than, than, you know, if I was to call someone, they don't know who I am or somebody from the HR right. team. And it's those individual conversations where a chef would sit down with someone, you know, if the chef didn't speak Spanish, well, somebody in their kitchen does, maybe it's a sous chef or a front of house manager. Um, a large portion of our um, team is, is Latino, um, close to 30%. So there's somebody in the restaurant that can help with that if necessary. And then it is, um, you know, saying things like, well, listen, all they're gonna do is ask you for your, your driver's license so they can have your name, right? They're not gonna, Put you into a system and run your social security number. Uh, they're not gonna. Uh, we can give you time off to go do this. Um, we can schedule it if you want to go do it on on Mondays. I'll give you on Monday. I'll give you Monday morning off. Right. So working with them in that way. We've even had situations where uh, they didn't know. You know, a team member didn't really know where to go. They weren't comfortable, and and we're like, well, there's a there's a CVS around the corner. Why don't you on your break head over now and, and do it. So. It's really being there for them uh, in, a, in a personal way, in a one-on-one -on -one way that, that made the difference. Absolutely. So a follow-up question or a follow-up topic for discussion. So 
What happens when the executive chef or the managers don't aren't vaccinated or don't want to get vaccinated? How did you how did you cross that bridge? Well, specifically with the executive chefs and general managers, the timing of this uh, actually coincided. Some of our tactics coincided with a conference that we were hosting in Washington D.C. Uh, the first in in a long time where we had our GM chef conference, and um, we actually required that anybody coming to the conference be vaccinated. So the chefs and general managers wanted to get together. We had some fun social things built into it, and uh, that encouraged them to go do that. Um, we also require that anybody from our restaurant support center that travel, they have to be fully vaccinated. So that's the corporate team, right? right. Um, and then we were all together. So there were you know 70 of us together over the course of a couple days and 100% of the participants were vaccinated. That included the GMs and executive chefs. Um, you know, there were a couple that were, that, um, that actually got the vaccination specifically because they wanted to come to the conference and they had not been in advance of that. And after they got the vaccination with no complications, they're like, you know what? I don't know why, why I was waiting. What was I waiting for? It, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then they could have those ki kinds of conversations. Um, at, the, at the salaried level overall, uh, we're, we're more than 95% vaccinated. So there's very few sous chefs or, or restaurant level managers that aren't vaccinated. That's excellent. And that is different from other parts of the industry. Um, there are certain, and, and it's certainly very, we're seeing some, some heavy geography um, differentials um, mm -hmm. that, that there are parts of the country where there are fewer managers who are vaccinated and then playing the role of vaccine champion is challenging. Um, and once we get to the federal vaccine or test mandate, having an unvaccinated manager be the person who's driving your weekly employee um, testing process um, has its own challenges. Um, were you concerned about your new hire policy? Has it negatively impacted recruitment? You know what? Um, not, not really. We, we have excellent applicant flow. You know, one of the reasons why is I talked about this on-demand service model that we have now. And as a result of the way we serve our guests, we can tip pool. So we're pooling our tips. And in every state other than uh, New York and Massachusetts, uh, we're able to tip pool the entire team, including back a house. So we have dishwashers and line cooks making $23, $24 an hour now. And the word is out on the street. You know, typically a dishwasher makes $15 an hour. And now people that wash dishes for us, they only need one job. They don't have to work a second job. If they're full-time, they're making $45,000 a year. So people want to work for Bar Taco as a result of how we're compensating our team members. Um, so yeah, there have been some that have decided not to take the job or, you know, the first question we ask in an interview, are, are you vaccinated or willing to get vaccinated? And some people say they're not. And we, we thankfully and res or we re respectfully say, well, listen, no problem. If you change your mind, let us know. Um, but very little uh, fallout as a result. Um, as a matter of fact, we're opening a new restaurant in Washington, D.C., and we conducted, we've conducted more than 300 interviews in the last three weeks. We've hired 60 team members, and we only had one situation where um, a candidate that we were talking to was not willing to get vaccinated. Um, so that's a pretty good turnout. Yeah, that's a very good turnout. So we're, we're hearing some really, really positive feedback. 
um, that employees feel safer when they're vaccinated and their coworkers are vaccinated. Are you hearing that across your employee population? Does it help improve retention? Absolutely. Um, they respect what we're doing and um, they appreciate it. We even have situations where team members are vaccinated and they're not required to wear masks, but they still wear masks because they want to play it safe. And that's less about their team members. It's more about the guest, right? They don't know about the guest that's sitting uh, across the bar from them. So um, they feel really good about what we're doing and they appreciate it. And um, uh, it's, it's helped us keep our restaurants open, quite frankly, Rosin. That's why we're you know, more than 115% over pre-pandemic sales right now because our restaurants are open and we're staffed and um, the team members feel safe. That's awesome. I want to circle back to one thing. I love your hybrid plan of requiring unvaccinated employees. And, and I heard a rumor about this, so you need to verify it. Mm -hmm. Unvaccinated employees continue to require a daily wellness check. Is that correct? Yes, they, they do require a daily wellness check if they're unvaccinated. Um, we even have markets where if the store is not vaccinated at a high rate that we inquire the entire team to. We've got, a, you mentioned, um, you know, sort of ge geographically, we've got a couple of those locations in the South that are um, shy of 80% vaccinated and the entire store still has to take wellness checks because they're, they're not there yet, right? They're not at a point where um, we feel comfortable just calling that off. We still wanna play it safe. I love that. That is so um, creative, thinking outside the box or, or, or recognizing that this isn't over, but there's a way, there's a path forward and keeping exactly. the precautions in place um, that, that kept us safe and kept us open until we've achieved, you know, your own level of herd immunity. Very Correct. interesting. I love yep. it. So from where I sit, Bar Taco has, or, or the OSHA ETS has lesser of an impact on Bar Taco than, than some other restaurants and food service industry players and from some other businesses. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're still going to look to professionals like yourself to help with guidance and help us understand what's going to happen because there's still a lot that's um, unknown and up in the air. Um, but if we have a vaccin vaccination rate of 92%, it's going to be a lot easier for us to manage the other factors, right? Requiring vaccination or even testing. Um, you know, a lot is still up in the air on the testing piece, you know, the cost associated with it and who bears the cost and frequency and all the things that, that relate to that. So um, I'm, I'm in, uh, encouraged by what we've done to help us mitigate some of the challenges that will come with that. I agree. I agree. Um, have you thought about moving to a mandate and not going to the weekly testing if it's required? We have. You know, we wanted to kind of lean into this thing, quite frankly, because when we started, uh, you know, really tracking and monitoring vaccination rates, we were, you know, like 50 percent, like much of the country. And we've seen it climb progressively. And each week we get a now we get a couple more points. Um, but if we had mandated, call it, you know, four or five months ago, then we would have lost 40% of our workforce because they're not vaccinated. And we were like, well, what do we do? We want to keep the restaurants open. We're providing livelihood for, for everyone, including, you know, our, our shareholders. So um, that's why we went to, if you're not vaxxed, you have to wear a mask. If you get vaxxed, we'll pay for it. Um, we're, we're close to making that decision. And if we are, obviously we would abide by um, any mandates. I mean, we'd, we'd go there. Some people are talking about, well, do we weigh the, the risk of getting caught um, versus 
um, not mandating it. And it, because we're vaccinated at such a high rate, I think that if we had to take that step, we certainly would consider it. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Congratulations on a job incredibly well done. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I want to, you know, lean into that. It was good communication. It was, you know, having champions that were themselves vaccinated, you know, allowing people to take off masks where you felt it was safe to do so, keeping the daily wellness checks if you're unvaccinated, um, you know, and, and, you know, and money talks and paying people to go get vaccinated, rewarding the stores that got above 90%, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just all around, you know, great job. And I'm super impressed. Thank you, sir. Well, I did want to say, Rosalind, that um, uh, without Zedek in my, in my corner, in our corner, we never would have been able to do what we did. And um, the education you provided, the leadership, the guidance, um, you know, kind of having a crystal ball <laughs> a bit um, and being able to look forward for us really made a huge difference. And I know far more about COVID than I ever thought I would and how to, how to handle things. And that was because of, uh, of Zedek and Zero Hour Health. Thank you very much. Marks, thanks very much. I will talk to you again soon. All right, take care. Take care. show for today. Thanks again for taking the time to join us. Stay tuned for our next episode in your inboxes and on your podcast app of choice soon. As always, if you have any topics or questions you'd like us to cover or have a guest we should chat with, don't hesitate to reach out to us at support at zerohourhealth.com. To learn more about us and subscribe to our twice-weekly executive summary, check out zerohourhealth.com. Thanks again.